This is Meet the Movie Press. It is May the 24th, 2019. On the show this week, he is a rocket can, Tarantino's Hollywood Silence, and the Batman Bad Guys, plus loads more, as well as reviews of Booksmart, Aladdin, and Brightburn. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is May the 24th, 2019. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow the show on social media, you can find Meet Movie Press at Meet Movie Press on Twitter. Thank you so much. You are the reason the show is here. Also Hollywood, so thank you to Hollywood for making those movies. Because without it, we literally have nothing to talk about. Uh, On the show this week, Dimitri and Scott are back. Dimitri, who are you and where can we find you? Hey, you can find me here on Popcorn Talks. Uh, meet the movie press also uh, uh, anatomy of a movie from what is rumored to be coming back and uh, on LAOFCS uh, I will be hosting this weekend go figure what it's crazy <laughs> uh, at dmovies uh, 1701 uh, on the Twitter. Scott Menzel. Sure, Scott Menzel. We live entertainment. And of course, meet the movie press right here. Right here, baby. On the Popcorn Talk Network. Yes. That's Popcorn Talk. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being here again. A lot to get through again this week. And first of all, can I just say happy birthday? Oh, yes. To, to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. 30 years ago, it was released. <laughs> yeah. Today, it no. was, it was uh, yesterday. It was this week, yeah. for sure. It was your birthday. It was, it your was birthday. my birthday. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. We don't look a day over 50. How old are you? Uh, okay, anyway. A couple of days off. Guys, so let's talk about Cannes. Uh, ooh, la, la. What a year. I don't know I don't know why in Cannes they actually put seats in these things. It seems like everybody stands <laughs> up yes. for longer and longer each year. Is is there... I wonder if there's like a bet going. It's like they're all backstage with these things. It's like, I bet I can get people to stand for my movie uh, for five minutes. Five minutes, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it Tarantino's like, like, I got seven. In comes Rocketman. Dex yeah, is going like, sit down. Yeah. Eight minutes yeah. or whatever. Uh, lots of standing ovations again this year. Uh, um, which you kind of get at can. I think it's a little bit... A little bit wanky, Love but it. it's fine. It's like when they say it at Sundance. It's like this movie got a standing ovation. It's like, of course, well, it yeah, of course. It it and it's not just standing ovation. It's like they have an official Omega Watch timer. It's like the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going if on. If they could six oh two, if they could yeah. sponsor it, seriously, yeah. it's uh, they would do. Uh, but yeah, a couple of movies, you know, uh, mainstream movies, really getting a lot of the times the ovations in Cannes are reserved for the the more highbrow, the more challenging movies, uh, which either get reported for walkouts or stand ups. Uh, it's one of the two. But this year, um, two of the biggest standing ovations were for Rocket Man, uh, Dexter Fletcher's movie, and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's Tarantino. Um, some mixed reviews on both of those movies, but le- le- first of all, let's talk about Rocket Man. Um, obviously, that that premiere at Cannes this week went down phenomenally well, and the reviews have been very strong for that. We all saw that this week. Yes. Uh, my review is going up on IGN uh, very soon. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. Um, this week, I saw two of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, one of which is in movie theaters this week, and one next week. Uh, Book Smart and Rocket Man. Your thoughts on Rocket Man, guys? I mean, for me, it's worthy of a standing ovation. Those oh. performances are... Well, the whole thing's a fucking masterpiece. It really is. Uh, I mean, Dimitri and I saw it mm. together, and this movie, you know, you look at Bohemian Rhapsody now, yeah. and you kind of go, okay, this is next-level shit. 
mm. right now with with Rocket Man. And you know the thing with Bo, Bo Rap was that oh no one could replicate Freddie Mercury's voice. Mm-hmm. And when you see Taron Egerton sing for the like where he really sings for the first time as Ellen John, it is just. I mean, I leaned to him and I said, "This is his Oscar clip right here." Yeah, because it's just that phenomenal. Right. I mean, it really. It's just. It's so perfectly done that you forget. I know a lot of people say this, but you really do forget about halfway through this movie yeah. that you are watching an actor. You feel like you're watching Elton John. It's incredible. And it's so, like, it, this movie does not <clears throat> cookie cut or anything. Exactly. I mean, it goes, it shows the the orgies, it shows the darkness, the drinking, the drugs, and I mean, it is... That so, was just us and, going it, into yeah, the screening. Yeah, and that was just us dipping <laughs> the cocaine <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> you know, but my God, like, it's just, it's brutal, but yet somehow it all kind of comes around, yeah. and you just, you feel this level of hope by the time the movie comes to a close. It tells a story. Yes. It tells a rags, not necessarily going, it, <laughs> it tells a, like, a, you know, a rags to riches, not necessarily back to rags, yeah. but it shows a comeback, which you know, and, and it's a specific time period, mm. which I which I appreciated. Um, Taron Egerton from from once once um, Saturday nights, all right for fun. Yeah, once that music that that reimagined that reorchestrated that 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 dance scene came on to screen, then I knew I was watching something very special. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the reimagining of, of Elton John's music, the reorchestration, yes. the way that it is used to, to illustrate these these moments, these seminal moments in pop culture and his own career. Right. I mean, let's not forget Elton John's groundbreaking, you know, musical work, him and, and Bernie Taupin. Absolutely amazing. And what I think this really offers over and above uh, Bohe, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is that this is not a jukebox musical. This is not a a straight-line narrative with the hits of Elton John put in. Yes. These are used as as codas, um, and they're, they're, they, they're melded into part of the narrative, very much like Dexter did with Sunshine on Leith, the Proclaimers uh, movie that he did. Mm-hmm. A couple, slightly different, because that wasn't a Proclaimers biopic, um, but th- this is an Elton John biopic. It, it allows him to do certain things with the music and with the talent that you simply couldn't do if you had any other form of narrative. It, 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 seriously, it is so emotional. It is. I, I, I literally, I felt quite drained at the end of the movie because these performances are intense. Taron is getting a lot of attention and rightly so for his performance. For me, this is a tremendous ensemble cast mm-hmm. where Jamie Bell has never been better. He's never no, been better. No. This is, and the chemistry, and I, I talk about this in, in my review for, for IGN, is, is just, it's so, it's so natural. The love between these two men, this friendship, this bond, is utterly convincing and is so powerful. So powerful. Couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's it's like you would find it hard to believe that they weren't friends off camera. Yeah. Right. These right. two. That's how well it was done. In fact, I wished that there was more Bernie Taupin in the movie. Mm. Uh, there's parts that sort of kind of There's going to be a sequel, Look Who's Taupin. <laughs> yeah, just the, the story of Bernie. Very nice. Thank you. Good Thank you. We'll be there, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I and I from that. its emotional beats... 
you know, you got the I cocaine had a, this time. I, 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 <laughs> good, good. I get it this time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, but I got to use your dealer. Yeah. In any case, they um, don't do drugs, kids. They it, it from an emotional standpoint. Uh, in Bohemian Rhapsody, right? A lot of people are going to compare it, but I had a conversation it's right yeah. after that they were going, these are two different movies. Yes. Like, com- like they're hard, for me, you can only compare them from, like, a direction standpoint because they have to do with music. Mm. The Queen was more of a Queen biopic than it was necessarily Freddie Mercury. He was the front man. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to spend time and attention to him, but this is like Elton John, his... From his childhood on, and the way that it it, it um, showcased the music, mm-hmm. as you were saying, was much different than Queen. Like because they were just showing how innovative they were at the time yeah. and what they brought to the music at that time. Mm-hmm. Elton John was coming up at the same time, but his music was different. One thing that is it, that carries over mm-hmm. actually from from Bo Rap is uh, is uh, Richard Madden's character, right. the oh, yeah. uh, the manager, who is painted very differently in Bo Rap to how he is in rock. Rocket Man, where he's fucking disgusting. Yes. He is a vile, he comes across as a vile, vile character. Obviously brought on by Elton John's complete resistance to help the fact that he's in this drug and and alcohol-induced hole. So it's it's exasperation that has driven him to this. Mm. But, I mean, that performance is is disgusting. (laughs) Despicable he really is. in this movie. Zero ethics. Whatsoever. Zero ethics. Zero morals. Yeah. Zero <laughs> compassion. Uh, it, it's it's a completely selfish role, which I think he really does. I mean, we'll get to you know we'll do a review when the movie comes out next week. But I, I can absolutely understand when I when I saw them crying and hugging each other and the audience going wild. Uh, can. I can understand the release of when you go through this as an yeah. actor and you turn this out and you know as a director or whatever that this is a great movie. And then you you exhale. It's your creative exhaling it. You're watching it with an audience who are responding to it in a certain way. And it's it's finally, you birthed it. It's out there. And to get that response, I can... At the time, I was like, I don't know how authentic these people are when they cry when their movies are shown. Right. But... It was. I can entirely understand that emotion, and they just feel relieved. And one last thing, yeah. I mean, I and I said this to Ashley and Dimitri, you know, and I leaned over to Ashley like about ten minutes in. This movie is already primed and ready to go for a stage. Yes, this movie can go right yeah. to a Broadway stage mm-hmm. within a couple of months if this becomes a hit. Yeah. and I, I think it's destined to become a hit. Mm. Yeah, and and I will also say this. It lived up to the trailers. Oh yes, like it, it didn't disappoint. You know, you uh, watch for me, the, it exceeded. Yeah. To be honest with you, well, which is, and again, you watch the trailers; it looks good, but you still, hmm, how, <laughs> how, it, it could go either way. Mm. And I'm glad it went yeah. far far better. The the trailers do it justice. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. You won't. The, the trailers are selling something extraordinarily good, and they're not cheating no. at all. Uh, people in the chat, hello, welcome. Uh, you're, it's great to have you as part of the show. Without you guys, we wouldn't actually be here. Uh, so good morning to Fun Gus. Good morning to Zeno Hour. Uh, Jonathan Peck is in there. Uh, Yash is in there. Hey, Yash, how you doing? Uh, Sarah Brockle's in there. Let's look at some of the comments so far this morning. Uh, on the issue of standing ovations, uh, film nerd Jamie, Wall Street 2 got standing ovations at Cannes. So, yeah, which is what I'm talking about. Sometimes there's the, 
oh, we want to look really cool and wanky because the filmmakers are here. And sometimes, so which is why I'm sometimes dubious about these things. Mm-hmm. Until you say, there are lots of movies that have got standing ovations from Cannes in the last sort of five or ten years where I've gone like, I have no idea <laughs> why this is yes. not great, but there you go. How many minutes, though, did Wall Street get? They, I bet you they only got, like, three I think three that was just the queue for the cloakroom, though, to yeah. be honest with you, to get their cell phones back. Uh, Yash is saying the real John Harrison has changed his name uh, to his real name. Uh, from now on, I reject your hypothesis, says Zeno Hour. Uh, also, uh, Sarah Brockle saying, stop spoiling the Elton music. I mean, there's, to be honest with you, we're not spoiling it, because no. all of this is laid out in, uh, in, in, in the trailers. You kind of know which way it's going, but you don't see the full sort of alliteration uh, the full sort of experience when you get it and and actually I'm really glad because it was really so powerful there's scenes in the troubadour that is just I mean I I, I teared up I I, seriously it was emotional it was just beautiful I felt as if I was there yeah Yeah. it was that's how well and wonderfully shot the movie was it's it's intoxicating it really is Uh, Jonathan Peck saying I saw the movie last Saturday in an early screening I won't be surprised uh, that Taron uh, will get an Oscar nomination I love that film absolutely I mean Honest to God. I feel bad for anyone else. I I genuinely, at this point, I do feel bad for everyone else because Dexter should get Best Director nomination. Uh, Taron should get um, Best Actor. Uh, Jamie Bell or Richard Madden should get Best Supporting or both of them. I mean, really, there are there are not. I mean, I, ha- I had to f- find some faults with the movie when I did my review, and it was really difficult. I mean, every single problem I had with it, which was, I mean, you can literally count them on two fingers, were, were surmountable. So a little bit of superfluous content in there, and um, uh, you know, I didn't really like um, the some of the prosthetics that we used. But oh, that, and Bryce Dallas, yeah, but that <laughs> was it. Um, I mean, this really is. It's it's uh, two hours one minute. It's lean as fuck. Yeah. But it really is um, amazing. Uh, Yash saying, to be honest, I haven't listened to Elton much, but I was born in 96. The only Elton John music I've ever really listened to is stuff in The Lion King. You're missing you, out. You are missing out, because seriously, it, it's it's a tremendous songbook that his and, he and Bernie have done. But it's really interesting, that point, actually, because my nephew, uh, he's uh, you know 12. He's, he's not even a teenager yet. Uh, oh, no, has he just become a teenager? Yeah, he's just become a teenager. Um, and he loves Queen. Right. Now, because of Bohemian Rhapsody. And, you know, their dads have, have got them into people like Elton John and stuff like this. And the music from when we were growing up. And, and seriously, they could not be more excited about seeing this movie. It is really worth... I mean, if anything, I think this is... <laughs> pardon the pun, but a gateway drug to Elton <laughs> John. If all you yeah. know is stuff from The Lion King. Because seriously, his work is is tremendous. And I also tremendous. think, I also think, Simon, that, you know, I think uh, I've seen some mixed reactions from this movie mm. so far. And I think what's different about this movie compared to Bohemian Rhapsody as well mm. is that it has, I mean, it has less of that crowd pleaser appeal. Yeah. Okay, because it, yeah, it gets definitely. it definitely gets into some dark and gritty subject matter. It goes like it's kind of funny because some of the people who were complaining about Bohemian Rhapsody being too lighthearted are now, now complaining about this, this is too movie. Hard. It's yeah. too hard. 
and it's it's very it's fascinating to me to kind of see this, but this is definitely not that feel good movie for mo- a lot of it. I mean, sure, the music like will lift up your spirits, yeah. But the stuff that happens in between the musical numbers is is very much a downer, and I think it's a very well rounded film as a whole. It's, yeah, it's great. It doesn't. It really doesn't shy away. Um, uh, Carnet Egan. We're going to move on from this in just a second. The Rocketman trailers look great because of how beautifully they turned Taron into Elton, mm-hmm. similar to Rami Malek in Freddie Mercury. I think no, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I still, you know, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. I really enjoyed that movie. I know it's flawed, um, but I think what Rami Malek did as Freddie Mercury yes. is still tremendous. Uh, Yash saying Jamie Bell was uh, was a great thing in fantastic. Fantastic Four. Sure. Yeah. yeah sure. Uh, Cameron Egan, uh, Bernie Taupin is the yin to Elton's yang. Uh, mm-hmm. And yes, uh, Elton's yang is very much on show in this movie. Um, <laughs> so uh, MK Songbird, uh, looking forward to the A24 uh, movie Skin, starring Jamie Bell. I think Jamie Bell, and someone's saying that he's underrated. Um, I think so, but I think Jamie Bell has not found the right material. And I think in Rocketman, and I think the same for Taron, who... Is great in so many things, but I mean, Robin Hood's, you know, a lot of, a lot of projects he's taken just haven't really turned out no. the way that you would have anticipated. But this, these are roles that these people were born to play in a movie that Dexter Fletcher was made to direct. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. For me, watching Taron in this movie too, the other thing that, that, that just impressed me, like he even had facial tics. Yeah. Down. Yeah. And, and, when when Elton John is in support of this too, oh, yeah. that just makes the movie that much more palatable. And you go, wow, he's really letting it all be put up on the screen. And they're also letting him rearrange his music, yeah, to such an accessible, such a which wonderful is very way. risky, so risky, very risky. Uh, see, we're going to move on from this, but see now, Rocket Man is the worst MCU movie ever. <laughs> uh, no mention of the other characters or Endgame. Hard pass. <laughs> Click. Make that comment disappear. I'm seriously, they will love it. Uh, uh, Sarah Brockle, uh, I didn't watch the trailer, Simon. Uh, well, you, you should watch the trailer. Seriously, it's it's great. But then. You know, don't watch too much of it because it'll spoil it. Uh, Zeno Hour, uh, he's already made, uh, played a great James Bond in Kingsman. He has. Uh, Mark uh, Mark Ballam is asking, sex? Woohoo! Um, and Mark, gay sex, Christian Mark. Even better, it is gay sex. They're very much it's so. Not, it's not particularly graphic, um, but it's, it's, it's certainly there and they haven't shied away from it, which gay people have gay sex or sex as they call it right um, <laughs> yeah yeah you know a um, little bit i i thought it was a little bit more graphic than um brokeback mountain yeah yeah well, but, but i mean what, what i'm talking about is sometimes when we see you know heterosexual sex yeah. in movies oh, well, you yeah. know it's, it's long lingering sign. shot well that's yeah. that's normal yeah, yeah, yeah. and apparently um, this is the first like Movie from a major motion picture studio, which features right. uh, gay sex, gay same sex, sex like relationship. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, and I think it's done. It's actually done really, really nicely. It but is. it certainly it's doesn't shy away from the Elton sexuality. No. Um, you know, it's it's, or it's, of it's the a time. Great... No, or of the time. No, no. Like, you know, somebody walked again. The same person we're walking on a theater going. Was it really that much like drugs? Like is is drugs always associated with rock and roll? I'm like, you you must be a fetus. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. The '60s, the '70s, and yeah. the '80s. Yes, that's what it was. It was sex and drugs and rock and roll. And this movie exemplifies that yes. period we need perfectly. To, we need to move, move on. on. Fungus saying, "I'm sick of Elton John already. Elton is overexposed. You're gonna hate award season." <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> 
If I was you, I'd book a place in a cave somewhere and hunker down. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, again, uh, again, getting, you know, some mixed review reactions, um, but generally uh, a a lot of excitement and anticipation and, again, innovation for this movie. And Tarantino demanding the silence that people don't talk about the movie any of the specifics to spoil these classic tarantino moments that he that he puts in there these tarotropes as i like to call them i think anybody who spoils any tarantino <laughs> who took a little bit of shit this week to yes, be honest with you for asking people not to spoil it that's a completely reasonable thing to do well, J.J. Abrams does it. J.J. Everybody I'm, from like the MCU people, the Russo, everybody does it. It's not what an unreasonable it? request no. to say, "Please don't spoil my movie." I don't know what the issue is. It's entirely reasonable. Um, some critics. I mean, some, he got accused of snapping at someone when they asked about the the size of Margot Robbie's role in the movie. I mean, but Tarantino movies are full of big names with small parts. You know, and I don't, <laughs> matron. Um, but I don't look. Uh, it's a supporting character, it's a support, it's a supporting but it's, it's an ensemble it's like it's piece the, uh, with a large yeah. repertoire of, of, of you know yeah. of actors, and not every. It's right. It's hard. I don't to, know what you want. It's hard to put. It's hard to put reference on that mm. without having seen the movie. Sure yes, is. and so so I just to be fair to it was also a female journalist. Asking the question, yeah, 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 yeah. and Margot Robbie is a major part of the campaign. Mm. So, I we don't know. I don't know what that woman saw. I haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard. You know, the context in which it came out, mm. I think, is very unfair. Yes, because on what she may have had a legit complaint. I don't know. And being a female reporter, she may have said, "Well, this and." He took umbrage in it at a way that, again, you're talking to an audience that has seen it, but this is going worldwide for right. tons of people who haven't. Mm. And I thought the way that Margot Robbie answered the question yeah. is the way Quentin Tarantino but, should have But there were cer- the certain directors where if they ask you to be in your movie and you have a couple of pages of dialogue, you, you don't care. You, you, do you, you, exactly. you do it. You do the movie so you get your dialogue in there. For right. a very long time, that was Woody Allen. Dude, people have won Oscars for like less. Yeah. No. You know, I, in a movie. So, I mean, I, I just don't think it's it's unfair. And, you know, as you say, we don't have a context for this. Scott? And, I mean, the movie, it's being marketed right now. If you've seen the new trailer that just came out, mm. it's being marketed as this really this 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 I don't know dramedy between Brad Pitt's character and Leonardo DiCaprio's right. character and and Margot's character does not pop in until the second half of the trailer yeah. so you know that she's a supporting character now mm-hmm. that being said I do agree with Dimitri I don't know how much of a role she ultimately plays in the film but the thing is is that the the way that the trailers are selling this movie you know who the stars are yeah so like they're supposed to have the most dialogue and the most to do. I just right. hate to say it. I mean, yeah. again, going off not seeing the film, but just based on all the marketing so far. So, but I, yeah, I mean, it's it, I'm very. It's one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Um, someone actually making a very good point. Now, film nerd Jamie in the chat today. Uh, Inglorious Bastards uh, got mixed can reaction, uh, and that is his masterpiece, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when that played at Cannes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. 
But a lot of times, a lot of Tarantino's movies generally get something of a mixed reaction. Yes. You know, it's been a while since people have been unanimously like, masterpiece, Hateful Eight, which I really enjoyed, did not get a great critical response. And Glorious Bastards got um, got a very mixed review. Um, I remember when, oh God, uh, quite a few of his movies have come out actually. And kind of, I mean, I remember Jackie Brown came out. Yeah. And again, people were Luke Watts now considered one of his best works, but quite lukewarm on it. You know, fuck, I remember when Reservoir Dogs was in movie theatres and some people were going like, oh, my God, he's a new wonderkind. And then others were going like, I don't like it. It's a bit shit. So, I mean, you know, I, don't, I, I mean, there's no it's not the law. You know, yeah. it's just it's just an opinion. To be honest with you, and I say this to people all the time, if you want to see a movie, go and see a movie. Mm-hmm. Even if the critics say it's terrible, if you want to watch a movie, you get, you might like it. Well, that's yeah. how I grew Make up. Make your own mind up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but that, it's a guide. It's an opinion. It, that's how I grew up. We had that yeah. conversation you know, with Leonard like, Yeah, it's like that's the way growing up going to the movies. Uh, you know, I had two – there was the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald – and then, but for me, it was Siskel and Ebert, mm. and I really, I, I admired their opinions a lot. But if they hated a movie, it didn't stop me from going to see said movie because I would form my own opinion, and sometimes I would agree with one or the other, or maybe both. But that's how I grew up. I loved reading reviews mm. because it was a great way for me to learn about how to construct reviews and things like that. But Ultimately, I'm a movie fan, and that always took over, and I had to go, if there was a movie that I really wanted to see, whether people didn't like it, I still went and saw that movie. Um, some, yes. interesting, uh, some interesting chats, actually, Fungus is, is, is fun, Gus is, Fungus, Gus, uh, is mentioning this. QT is essentially an indie filmmaker. He has mm. almost no control over how information <coughs> gets out. No, I disagree. Tarantino's roots are still very much in the indie world. He does now not let make what we consider indie movies, small, low budget, no, these are, these are, you know, by any other term, studio movies. Um, And regardless of whether you're an indie filmmaker (laughs) or Steven Spielberg, you still have a right to say, don't spoil my movie. You know, everybody has the right to to do that. So it's just not like saying indie movie people don't... Oh, He's not the bottom of the totem pole. He's, you know, he's up there. You know, there was a whole campaign for Avengers Endgame where each of the actors did did the thing, don't Don't, ruin Endgame. I I don't understand why Quentin Tarantino got backlash for that. I really don't. Mark Ballam's saying, I'm not a big fan of QT films, but there are some great moments. No, absolutely. I think Tarantino movies... I mean, there are some movies... I love his work, but there are some movies that really just don't work for me at yep. all. Uh, Zeno Hour, uh, Simon, it felt like some people were ready to jump QT uh, no matter what because that wasn't him snapping. No, he wasn't snapping. He responded no. and, you know, it was a it was a combative question. Um, you know, not delivered unfairly, but it was certainly a, it was, it was a request for justification or a comment on something. Um, and so he had a right to respond in, in, in that way. Uh, also, isn't it a little sexist to act like female reporters can't handle pushback? Yeah, f- uh, trust me, female reporters can handle pushback. A hundred percent. But also, I mean, there are lots of men in this movie that I'm going to assume don't have massive roles. And yet 
you know, and and are featured in the the ad campaign. I'm assuming Kurt Russell's part is not the biggest part. Or Al Pacino? Al Pacino or <laughs> Luke Perry or all of these people. Yeah, but do they have posters of their characters? I mean, Margot Robbie... I have The story's no, about her. No, okay, yes. but look, again, I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. I hate commenting on this. I have to go back to Margot Robbie's response to the question. Her response was wonderful and beautiful. It yeah. was succinct. Yeah. It's the way Quentin Tarantino should have responded, but she did it, and she did it in a very classy way, and she said, you know, for me, it was embodying this character, yeah. and it's an Let's important part of the figure. Um, okay, uh, after the show last week, uh, we need to move on from Canned. Guys, thank you for your thoughts on that. Uh, obviously, last week, we uh, discussed uh, Robert Pattinson uh, becoming the Batman, uh, and uh, about an hour after the show, uh, another story broke in relation to that story, uh, with regards to always happens uh, with the the villains uh, rumors of Catwoman and the Penguin, um, but possibly um, half a dozen bad guys uh, rumored to be in Matt Reeves' uh, movie. Sinister Six movie. Well, <laughs> the, the thing is, I mean, I'm thinking maybe, um, but. Uh, one thing I have is is some movies, there are very few superhero movies that have actually managed to have more than one villain and give any of them enough screen time to validate there being more than one villain. It's always a concern for mine. Yes. Few do it well. One of the few to do it well is Tim Burton, Batman Returns. Returns. Yes. Um, a lot of them don't do it very well. A number of the Spider-Man movies have not done it particularly well. Uh, your thoughts on this? And would we like to see different villains rather than Penguin and, and Catwoman? I feel like Penguin hasn't gotten any respect in a long time since Batman Returns. It's been a long time. It has I mean, been I'm, a while. I'm yeah. glad that we don't have the Joker. I mean, obviously, he's getting his own movie. But right. I'm, I'm glad he's not rumored to be one of the characters. Mm. Um, I think there has been very little Batman villains in a lot of these movies. Um, I would love for them to kind of redo Mr. Freeze, which Arnold Schwarzenegger absolutely butchered. To, <laughs> God to murdered that. Standard. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but I would, I would love to see these. And I mean, Batman has so many different villains. He does. But I mean, outside of Danny DeVito playing the Penguin, uh, which you know, in this standard, this day and age now, I, I feel like a lot of people don't even know that. Yeah. And I think that's good uh, that they're finally doing that because remember it was rumored that when Philip Seymour Hoffman was alive that he was going to eventually He would have been great. He would have been great. And then it's kind of swapped more towards the the Josh Gad camp. Yeah. And and I love I I know I know people like were joking about this but they there was this rumor that um, Kristen Stewart would play Catwoman. Catwoman. And I'm kind of like I'm all on board for that. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I'm kind of on board for that. I think, um, you know, her being in Charlie's Angels later this year, I think she's very versatile as an actress. I think she can pull it off. I know know it was a joke, but I think she can pull it off. Clarification on here before people start uh, getting (laughs) upset. Uh, Comic book guy voice, Sinister Six. I know, I know, I know, I know. I was joking about that because of that wonderful Spider-Man movie that never got a third. Yes, yes right. amazing Spider-Man. I right. know. That's why I was joking about it. <laughs> Just to clear it up, because you know. I know. You know I remember. You right, remember right, when right. his underwear fell down? That was so funny. There are, <laughs> are going to be people who are going, And I always feel that when you add so many villains, it's like you're taking away from your lead. You don't have faith in your lead character. No. So, and somebody brought up, too, that Christopher Nolan had had multiple villains, but they weren't, yes, Scarecrow was in the first movie, featured in the first movie. Um... Uh, so and then he shows up in like I, I believe Dark Knight, but it, that was a Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Nolan was able to put the villains in their places. Yeah. Like, they weren't fighting Batman all at once. Where Joel Schumacher, his <laughs> movies were... Look, I, I really like him as a director. He's made some really some very good movies. I just think that sometimes when you over-villainize a movie, you just don't have enough faith in your lead character to carry the movie. So it's like, oh, we need bad guys. We'll see what happens here. If there, I don't know how many villains we necessarily need, unless they're just one. introducing some. Well, one, <laughs> one villain. One villain is good, but they might be introducing like cock push-ups. Like, as <laughs> as one is all you need. What? So you, you're what familiar with that cock push-ups. Cop. You're, you're familiar with that reference on HST, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. One is all you need. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, no. uh, 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 Kamei Egan <laughs> saying it's the only podcast about movies where you will get a tenacious deep <laughs> reference. Yeah. Uh, Kamei Egan saying, I would like to see the Batman take on the Riddler because he's an underused villain. Yes. Yes, yes. I, I was always a big fan of the Riddler as, as a villain. Um, you know, in the TV show, and then obviously when Jim Carrey created his He was so well. great at that, he too. It, it's just the movie was so mediocre. One but of but my I think it was um, Jim Carrey. But the uh, Tommy Lee Jones is really what hurt that movie, right? Yeah, like he. Oof. See, and I wasn't a big Jim Carrey fan in that. That really? movie was. That I movie felt like not he was. He, well, no, that movie's not my favorite well, either. But he was zany enough for it. Yeah, yeah it was good. It was good fun. It was good fun. Uh, Catwoman uh, is just a femme fatale. Uh, this one from Yash. Uh, Mark Balsam. I'm not enamored with Nolan's Batman. Uh, I liked. I, I was not a big fan of Batman Begins. I was not a big fan of that. Dark Knight, I really, really liked. Um, you know, but I mean, most people say that, to be honest with you. But Batman Begins, I really wasn't on board. Tim Burns, like, Batman's still superior. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I, I love movie. both those movies, but yeah. I, I'm a really big fan of the Nolan uh, Batman, what he did. Yeah. Um, I don't think these villains are going to be characters that come in and out. Uh, I yeah. think these villains are going to be characters that come in and out, perhaps. You know, perhaps that's the way. We don't know at the moment. But I mean, I just think that the whole world of Batman, there are so many possible villains right. out there that I think will be, you know, really interesting. I'm personally I'm more interested in who they're going to cast as Alfred. You know, I'm I <laughs> I love I love Alfred. Alfred is one of my yes. favorite characters in Batman. Agreed. Yeah, genuinely, genuinely. Agreed. So And I'm going to go back. I think I think that Mr. Freeze is a a solid yeah, he's Batman awesome villain, villain that 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 could get some good representation and and if taken seriously yeah. and not cartoonish could be really, you know, could be great in mm-hmm. a new movie. We'll see. I'd like to see someone with with real weight play that. Yeah, um, someone with real to, to to you know to go up against our pats. I don't like as much as it's fun to have the campy side of, of right. Batman. I really think it, it it excels, and certainly the DC movies excel when they really they dig deep and they mm-hmm. get something that's you know really solid and mm-hmm. you know give give him something to chew on yeah you know give our pat something to play against bring right. help him bring this out that would be really really cool okay uh we mentioned this on the show last week and it simon happened again alfred. just after the show uh what was that simon for alfred Zeno hour. Yeah, yeah. Oh let's go God, for it. Yes. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no! I'm more likely. What with my physique and I'm stuff, gonna the penguin. A, I'm going to start a petition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a petition. No, Simon, Simon for Alfred. as Alfred. Mm. I'm going to get a million. Tw- <laughs> Twenty-five million. Hey, oh. We changed the way the TV should be. <laughs> yeah, Danny DeVito. 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 Danny DeVito.
DeVito. Mm, it's crazy. <laughs> Danny DeVito for Catwoman. Um, okay, John Wick 4, release date confirmed for 2021. We said last week that John Wick 3 fourth movie obviously was going to be yep. coming it was going to be announced within days um, the guys behind John Wick 3 trying to play it coy and go well we'll see if people want more yes they want one more. more number one movie at the box office last week did very very well um, exceeded even what we thought it exceeded the 50 million mark which was oh, great yeah. Um, yeah so John Wick 4 shocker yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, John Wick four. What John Wick three should have been. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I, I bet you it's gonna end with a opening for a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, we Lionsgate. I do say. I really do say. This is Lionsgate only franchise right now. Lionsgate, gonna, who this know. week posted some losses, some serious yeah, losses. losses yeah. So they need this. So, they have not yeah. had a lot of luck no. with Ju- movies such yeah. as Robin Hood. They're going to beat that or Hellboy. Hellboy. They're going to beat Stubbers. that horse John Wick was riding until it's dead. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a horse. What can we do in the next more, one? Let's let, <laughs> what can we do in the next one? Let's uh, let's have someone biting uh, biting someone's balls. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so John Wick, I mean, like I'm, sharks. I'm ready for this. Um, and I'm thinking rather than do a trilogy, let's take it to five. I'm rounded off as five. Um, I just I have a problem with like when there's two trilogies like I six. I prefer fives. Tens are good. I'll stay at four. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get that option. I don't. I think they're going to milk this. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know think they they're going to milk it. They they have to. They'll do a spinoff. I see it. I see it all right, happen. Once... Every character will have a spinoff movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the, that's dog. What, that's what the, dog, the dog. The yeah. dog. Yeah. That'll tie in yeah. a crossover with the, a dog's journey. Yeah. 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 Air, air, air pause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I mean, no real surprise. But 2021, that doesn't give them a huge amount of time. But to be all, in all honesty, I, I think they're, they're good to go after Bill and Ted is done because oh that's going to shoot. That's going to be Keanu's next thing. Clearly, they wrote this as an arc. They have a script. Yes. They're good to go. This is prepped and this is, you know, this is ready to go out of the gate. So I, you know, I, I think 2021, I think we're going to see it move to summer as well. I think because of the strength of the franchise and the fact that it's it's got this following now, I really think we're going to see it move into a more pole position. It wouldn't surprise me if they stick around. But May is this, a great time you know, now. May's May's really yeah. great. End of end of it May, early summer. June. I right. would say. You know, Disney will move back summer until the first week of April. Don't worry right. about it. Mm. You right. know, and then no, I think the date that they have. Depending yeah, on what, whoever drops like a, 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 an MCU movie on there or a Star Wars, I think the date they have is perfect. That's why this one did so well. Uh, Zeno Hour, uh, here's the pitch John Wick versus Hellboy set in the Hunger Games future. <laughs> Boom, you're welcome, Lionsgate. Uh, yeah. There you go, don't tempt them. Uh, Terminator, oh, Terminator Dark Fate trailer. Um, that dropped this week. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. If only they showed that trailer at CinemaCon. I, I loved it. I was in. I loved it. It, was, it looks looks pretty damn great. Yep. <laughs> looks pretty damn great. I really liked the trailer. I was surprised about the lack of buzz. Because I really thought more people were going to be talking about it for longer. And it came out, and then there was other stuff going on, and it yeah. just kind of dissipated 
very, very quickly and didn't reach the heights that I thought it would for an IP as strong as, so as well people, known as Terminator. People have been burned by this franchise. Oh, and, fuck and, yeah. And I think there's so much hesitation for it, mm. and it really does come down to Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Right. And she is the selling force of this movie. I feel like that's even why she's more front and center in the movie than Arnold, because he was attached to the other projects, and he let people down. Having her come front and center, that's a great marketing move yeah. uh, for the for Agreed. The it, and again, it just makes me go back to why they showed what they showed at yes. CinemaCon. Because that they showed scenes clip. that were out of context. Yeah. Yeah. They had zero context because of that. You had no idea what you were really watching. And they didn't even cobble together. And I mean the word cobble in its loosest sense because they didn't even cobble together a teaser. Yeah. This was full-on I got such a great sense of what this movie was going to be about. It felt like a chunk of the it, movie. It, it, right. Without giving too too yeah. much away. And this is what I want to see. Mm. And I'm like, damn, if only you would work that hard a month, two months ago, yeah. you would have wowed that audience. And then I think you could have gotten the buzz that you're... They, yeah. It, it should have been getting this week. I think it's a really solid trailer. I can't wait to see it on the big screen. I'm 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 really excited. Likewise, I, I want to see the trailer on the big screen. I, I do miss. I mean, I genuinely sometimes I, I like. I always make sure I'm there when I go and pay to see a movie to get the previews on the big screen. I they miss do that. Terrible. Don't you miss that? I do miss because that. I like. I you know I know there's like this lot of hype when they release a trailer and there's yeah. all this build up to it. But man, there's nothing like seeing it on the big screen. I, no. I'll, I'll never forget like how underwhelmed I was by all the Captain Marvel trailers and then when i saw it on the big screen how i had a different reaction to it the rise of skywalker on the big screen yeah is phenomenal just insane um so yeah we can have a trailer conversation some other time yeah. but well, what i like to do is changing i like to watch them seating. on my tv at home yeah i stream them and i put them on a you know on a big tv mm-hmm. and i genuinely that again gives you a much better feel great to watch them on computers and great you can have them at your fingertips right. you just can't beat that that trailer experience yeah, watching yeah. it with an audience and the oohs and the ahs and I, the what the fuck absolutely yeah. great uh okay a couple of other things i want to get through very quickly we have a couple of movies to talk about at the end of the show and i want to do box office as well um and we're running out of time uh rotten tomatoes now requiring users to verify their ticket purchase in order for them to be able to impact an audience score this is in direct result to the trolling that we've experienced on that platform over the last uh, sort of really over the last two or three years that it's got to any sort of significant level uh, even though it hasn't stopped the movies being successful right (laughs) no so I'm not entirely sure why people are still doing it. Um, but yes, I, mean, I think this is fair. I think to be honest with you, I think it won't necessarily stop people trolling but I think it'll just mean that people will be too lazy to go through the rigmarole and then obviously you've got less people going to your site, which then I think is then a traffic issue. So I don't think this will <laughs> be have a negative effect yeah. financially on yeah. the company. Yeah. And then I think they'll probably reverse the idea or find a less labor-intensive way to do or it. Or someone's going to find a hack, let's be honest. Or someone's going to find a hack, yeah. And this is something that MoviePass did. Uh, no, seriously. I do remember this. I actually um, do if remember you were, it. If you Porn went out for movie pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah went for my Hermes. They're still around, to my knowledge, but yes. that's what they used to do. Like, if you got your ticket from their app, you had to go to the box office. You had 30 minutes, go to the box office, get the picture, yeah. snap a picture of the ticket, because so many people were abusing it and found ways around to do whatever. I don't know. What if you go to a preview mm. of a movie? 
you don't get a ticket for that. If you're going into your name, what your uh, little list. your little uh, pass thing? Well, they have that printout, right? Yeah. So like you would have to print out that piece of paper, and there's usually a barcode on it. Like if no, 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 no. I mean, hey, you like, mean for no, us, but that's no, no, for no, no, us no. critics. Yeah, but but there are there are like uh, tastemaker kind of screenings uh. in which people are just put on a list. Like you can't. Yeah, but a lot of those. I mean, for influencers and stuff, you don't. Yeah. That wouldn't that wouldn't be the same. A as radio being a, promo screening. Like you don't get a ticket for that. Your your name's on a list. That doesn't yeah. count. So, but I think to be honest, with you, those people are more likely they saw to it for free. more people are likely to post on social media than they are on uh, yes. on, go, on, oh, go to Rotten Tomatoes and, and post a review. I think there. Right. Um, so yes, yeah, so it was an interesting idea. I'm not entirely sure how long that will last or, or exactly what will happen with that. Uh, going back to uh, Terminator Dark Fate, a couple of comments from people in the chat on this. Uh, Zeno Hour, I'm cautiously optimistic about Terminator Dark Fate, and I'm still not overly excited about it. Good trailer though. Uh, yeah saying the movie was initially supposed to be released in July, but Arnold had a heart attack. He did have a heart attack. And then someone tried to jump kick him in the back <laughs> this yes. week. What the hell is what that? What the fuck? Why would you do that? Uh, also, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, for fuck's sake. Guy's an institution. Jesus. He couldn't Why? get... It's like you the person wanted... in True the Rock at Tom Cruise. Remember that? Ugh. Or that squirted him with water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, come on, guys. Arnold He's wouldn't give up. Oh, it was the rock. Sorry. Before people jump on me, it was Dwayne Johnson who someone threw a rock at. Right. It was the water for Tom Cruise. Yeah. Sorry, people. Get it right. I'm, 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 I'm human. I'm human. <laughs> Um, Arnold wouldn't I'm give only him, human. The reason why he kicked them in the back, Arnold wouldn't give him a good recommendation for a house cleaner. Film nerd Jamie, <laughs> honestly, there are shots from Dark Fate trailer that look like outtakes from earlier films, but I'm staying hopeful. Uh, Skunkape, I'm so tired of this franchise, I just don't mm. want any more. Tim Miller and Linda Hamilton is a great choice, though, but whose idea was David S. Goya? Uh, Yash saying Terminator Salvation had amazing trailers. That is true. It was true. a terrible movie. Uh, I revisited that about nine months ago to see if it was actually better. It's not as bad as I remembered, but it certainly didn't improve much. But (laughs) for me, Terminator 3 was just, like, the worst. And Genesis, I thought, was just fucking Genesis, oof. Just terrible. Uh, Yeah, so a lot of people are in there having uh, ideas um, on that. I want to talk very quickly about the Wild Bunch remake, hoping to recruit Michael Fassbender, Jamie Foxx, Peter Dinklage, uh, and Mel Gibson going to direct that. I'm not that interested right now. No. No. I'm not that interested right now. I mean, it's kind of a Interesting cast, but I don't, I don't know. know. We'll why. see what happens. Uh, Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man remake to materialize in 2020, Blumhouse Corner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no real surprise. Some interesting things coming out about that. Um, obviously, we know that Elizabeth Moss has been cast. Uh, she is not going to be The Invisible Man, she was saying. <laughs> Some people were like, oh, is it going to be a female protagonist? Uh, no, she's going to play the girlfriend of, a, of an abusive partner who uh, disappears and I think becomes The Invisible Man, <laughs> which is very, very interesting. Um, I'm really looking forward to The Invisible Man. I was talking to Lynn Shea about this the other week, um, and she She's super excited about it, too. Um, she's obviously very, very good friends with Lee Winnell, who kind of, you know, gave her a major boost to her career with uh, with the Insidious movies. Um, yeah, I, I love these Universal Monsters. And to see Lee take the helm on something like this is great. And 2020 can't come fast enough. I, I just say, we talked about it here months ago. Months ago, yeah. When, when we were talking about Universal's Universe, Universe yeah, yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll, how's this going to work out? They should have let him, and, they should have let these guys do it from the beginning. I mean, from yeah. the beginning. From the beginning. Because I don't know. We, we mentioned Invisible Man, we mentioned they can do, the creature from the Black, Black Lagoon. Lagoon needs 
like a great reimagining. Stop going like we know Dracula and Frankenstein and even yeah. the Wolfman to an extent. It, it, the Mummy, obviously, Invisible Man's great to mine from. Creatures, great to mine from. Yeah, I think uh, I, very. They're excited. gonna have to let the Mummy die for a little while before yes. they bring that yeah, one back. That was not good. Even a good Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde oh, yeah. movie would be fantastic. To yeah. Me. And there's lots of people who actually do really good in that. We could talk about that another week. Yeah. Uh, some other news I wanted to touch on very quickly this week. There's a Rescue Rangers movie uh, coming, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, that's going to be directed by uh, Lonely Island's Akiva Schaefer, uh, which I think is, but apparently it's going to be like an Origins movie, the setting up of the detective agency. After Detective Pikachu, I'm pretty interested in this. Yes, yes. Can't deny. Uh, Dan Aykroyd this week has uh, said he'd written a Ghostbusters prequel series set in 1969. I would watch that. Me too. I would be yeah. really interested in that. You can have the Ghostbusters dads sure. doing that. That would be pretty cool. Uh, and True Lies TV series coming to, uh, to Disney Plus uh, from Muck G. And I was never a fan of, of. I mean, I quite like you know the 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 um, uh, Charlie's Angels movies, but Muck G. A lot of his stuff didn't really land well for no. me. But he's done a couple of movies that are on Netflix, like The Babysitter and stuff oh, like that, that, which are yeah, great. So good, so good. Muck G. So has, good. has seriously and, never and been better than he is right now. And he's he's on a his... producer on Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, oh, you know, he's absolutely nailing yeah. it, which is tremendous. Okay, very quickly, I want to look at some box office stuff. Uh, Aladdin is one of the big movies this week. It's likely to take the top spot at the box office. Uh, Thursday night previews delivered seven million in Thursday, which is very good. Uh, that's ahead of uh, the 4.2 million uh, that Maleficent uh, brought in, uh, 2.3 million for Cinderella, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, 5.5, uh, Dead Man Can Tell No Tales. Uh, so we're looking at a weekend there about 78. I think actually we could see it possibly go higher than that. I me could too. see it easily topping 80, possibly heading towards 85 this yeah, weekend. me too. I think um, it's, yeah. it's somewhere between 80 and 100 for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so very interesting. It's a, so that, it's a Memorial Day weekend. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a three-day weekend. I think a lot of people are very excited about it. It's got that heritage. I think it has more of a heritage than, say, the likes of Dumbo and Pete Dragon and uh, Pete's Dragon and stuff like that. Uh, Aladdin and Lion King, I think, are going to be the big runaway successes for live-action Disney this Agreed. year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that in just a second. Uh, but, yeah, so it's looking at a healthy take. Uh, three-day weekend, 60. Four-day weekend, uh, 75.3. Uh, this is according to boxofficemojo.com. Uh, John Wick going to be knocked into number two, uh, Avengers Endgame number three, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, then Brightburn, Booksmart, Dog's Journey, Hustle, Intruder, Longshot. A um, couple of good movies there, not getting the attention that they need. But first of all, let's talk about reviews. Let's talk about Aladdin first of all. We've got ten minutes on this, so we want to keep it a little bit tight because we need to talk about Brightburn and Booksmart as well. Um, Aladdin. Uh, so I... I actually had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's, it's in my top three, uh, sort of top third of the Disney live-action movies. Um, it's a lot of things that I didn't like about it. I wasn't a massive fan of, of Will Smith as the genie. Um, not because of his performance. I just think it just didn't feel quite right. It didn't gel for me. Um, I thought the, the, the characters uh, of, of Jasmine and Aladdin, uh, the casting for that was, was absolutely amazing. Uh, things I didn't like, the fact that it's like, if they're brown, they're in Agrabah. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. like uh, you could have done a bit more specific casting than brown which is what they appeared to do and I'm like okay uh, that doesn't kind of really work um, and then the speeding up in dance sequences yeah. I thought was very weird Yeah, um, it, it almost felt like 
Guy Ritchie didn't know how to direct to musical sequences. Yeah, and it just it just it it kind of every time it happened it irked me. Um, nice script, some really good music. All the classic songs are in there. I like what they've done with the interpretation of some of the classic mu- uh, moments. Um, it's great fun, but I didn't love it. I, I had a good time with it, and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. I was a bit disappointed in that. Yeah, I mean, I thought the movie was okay. It was a little bit better than I expected. I'll be honest. I liked. I was. I, I like Dumbo better. Mm. I was more emotionally involved with Dumbo. Yeah. Um, but this movie, number one, you know, uh, we'll talk about the the big blue genie uh, in, in the room. I thought Will Smith was fine. I think this is perfect for his career. Mm. He's going back. It's showing that there's levity in him, and this is what people fell in love with him for. I yeah. think this is great. It's a bo- It'll be a box office renaissance for him. Uh, for me, the standout was Naomi Scott as Jasmine. Uh, she overshadowed. She eclipsed every. I over, she eclipsed everybody. Like the kid who played Aladdin, he was good. He looked the part, but he just couldn't stand charismatically. Up with Naomi Scott's Jasmine. Mm. She has one, it's a brand new song, which I thought was amazingly done. And again, when you talk about that music factor, I thought that scene was so well photographed. I didn't mind the dance scenes. I liken Aladdin to Bollywood meets a Disney parade. Yeah. Yeah. Very colorful, entertaining, group singing and dancing. You know, the, the, it was entertaining. The, that new track had very much a feel of Let It Go for me, so and I accept that to be nominated for an Oscar for Best <clears throat> Original Song. Yes. Oh, I think that Speechless is going to be nominated for Best Original Song, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have different reaction. Um, I agree with Simon right off the bat with the Guy Ritchie slow-mo. Uh, some of it very weird. Almost took me out of the film yeah, in a lot of ways. Very distracting. Didn't fit the tone or the type of movie that this no. was. Um, you know, I actually appreciated um, what Will Smith did with Genie. Okay. I feel like I said this in my review, um, which which turned out to be a very long review, by the way. It was just, so if you want to read it, it's on We Live Entertainment. Um, you know, we forget that Robin Williams had the luxury of playing an animated character, okay? And you you know Robin Williams as the Genie. But the thing is... He was not around now to do the live action mm. version. And if he was to do the live action version, I feel very much the same as I w- do about Will Smith that I would be like, oh my God, that's Robin Williams playing Robin Williams as a genie. Yeah. Just like I feel like this is Will Smith playing the genie. And kudos to him for making it his own, not trying to, you know, mock Robin Williams or yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Kind of going back to his roots. Embracing the the cheesy rap angle yeah. and in making that into a friend like right. me and some of the other stuff in the film, um, I could that, tolerate that. It was that being said, my issue with the movie, uh, my big issue was Jafar. I think Jafar in the original movie was very menacing, yeah, creepy. There was just there, that like I felt like he had a lot of reason for being as angry as he was. This one, it just looked like a guy throwing a, t- uh, a temper tantrum. Right. Yeah. And it just, it was, it was just came off as so bland. Mm. Just so bland. Uh, I, I think one thing, going back to the genie very quickly before we move on from this, um, Will Smith and, and Robin Williams are very different types of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Robin mm-hmm. Williams had this amazing comedy talent where he would delve into this bag and pull out incredible, so much material that it's like they could have made an entirely, you know, a new movie mm-hmm. off the back of that with all the stuff that, that he 
did, um, which Will Smith doesn't have necessarily no. that same skill set. So, uh, you know, it's in, his interpretation, I think, of the genie is absolutely fine. Uh, you know, he has fun with it. It's a little bit camp. Um, you know, I think it's actually, you know, enjoyable. But, I mean, it, it just didn't... It, visually... It didn't kind of work for me. Okay, we need to move on from Brightburn. Uh, Brightburn, a movie that I think is going to get sadly overlooked at movie theatres by a lot of people. Um, I really was impressed with Brightburn. I really liked it. I know we disagree on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was exactly what I wanted to watch. I mean, it doesn't do... It's basically the, the, the flip side of a Superman story. So, uh, Child Discovered uh, turns out to be bad rather than Superman, who's the saviour of the world. So, it's flipping that mythology on its head. I really liked what they did, but I didn't watch all the trailers and stuff like that. So, a lot of it came as quite a surprise for me. There's nothing out there quite like it at the moment. And in the same way that Shazam was a different take on the superhero stuff that we're getting a lot of in movie theatres, I think this was actually really nice. I don't think it's going to do fantastically well. um, But I actually had a lot of fun with this. Scott, you disagree? I do. Um, I I think that the film is, is horribly generic. Um, it is generic, I, I think yeah. it's just a, you know, it's kind of like, look what we can do. We can take like a Superman story and make it dark. And I just feel like the entire time I was watching it, I was like, why am I watching this? What is the point? Mm. And it never gave me that. <laughs> like, it's just like this kid turns and it's like, that's it. And like, he just goes around and, you know, like stuff happens and it just ends. And it like, it's almost like this is what I hate about like movies like this is like when they end where they're like. Maybe I'll find out in the sequel kind of ending. Yeah. And it was just like, like no, you didn't earn this. You did not earn this, in my but, opinion. But I also don't want a sequel. I'm happy with this movie. It was a self-contained but, movie. But and this what was, was the point of watching it? Can you tell me what, what was the just point? Just purely enjoyment, and sometimes of that's what? okay. Of James Gunn doing his, his, his you know, indie day stuff? A little bit, uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit of suits, a little, a little bit of horror. A little I kinda, slither in there. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And I like I the know. idea that it kind of does leave it open, you know, with like, oh, there could be others out there. I think that's quite funny. If they did decide to go down that route, I think that would be fine. Um, but, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I think we'll have to agree to disagree on this Again, one. as we talked at, at the top of the show... I wanted to see this movie, so regardless of you yeah, liking yeah. it, I'm going to go see it regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's in my wheelhouse. Okay, today. we need to get to Booksmart because we're running out of time. Uh, okay, Booksmart. Uh, hands down, uh, I think it's my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, I think a lot of people are likening it to Superbad, <coughs> which I was saying this morning no. over breakfast. It does it a massive disservice. It sure does. Um, this was a movie that, that I laughed at. Um, it, it. I was so... Unbelievably, this is. There are so many movies that have characters that you don't care about. I genuinely liked all these characters, even the ones that are hideous and embarrassing. I really felt an affinity with all these characters and a personal investment in their stories and their journey. This is so fucking honest as a yes. movie. It is. It is peeling back all the layers of the onion and going. This is me. I seriously and the music in this. This is a flawless flawless comedy movie it is of of this time it is a seminal little capsule of of the world for 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 this demographic right now seriously i if i could date a movie (laughs) i would date this movie it would turn me down and laugh in my face but i would date this movie it is so natural and seriously i mean it's lightning in a bottle level shit 
this yes. movie. Scott. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I've been raving about this film since I saw it at South by Southwest. Uh, so I, good. I think Olivia Wilde has always been incredibly underlooked and underappreciated as an actress. Uh, she's done comedy. She's done action. She's done drama. She can do it all. But now stepping behind the camera... I mean, fuck. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is so great. And I mean, the female characters in this movie. You want to talk about female characters that are never shown on the screen mm. before? These two characters that Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Denver so play. Natural. Amazing. Natural. Realistic. Yeah. Realistic. Le- yeah. You know, it's it's layered in reality. It's yeah. it's a little far-fetched in certain points just to move the story along. But it's so grounded at the same time. You know, we were talking at the top of the show about, you know, Taron being made to play Elton yeah. John. And again, both of them, I mean, pretty much everybody in Booksmart, it's like the roles they were made to play. They don't, right. they're not just acting. They completely embody these characters. Yeah. It is entirely believable. Yeah. Dimitri it's on this. It's the first movie that I give, like, my high five to <laughs> this yeah. year. Um, it... I can't really talk about any like you, you guys had all the points. Your thing about there is not one superfluous character in the movie. Yeah. And for me, the rare thing about it is this movie got better and funnier as it went along. It didn't just shoot its wad at the beginning and then the second half was sort of boring. It got better. And the characters, you learned more about the characters, and that's why you love them more. Yeah. And you're right. Even even the characters, the, like the, the ones that you're supposed to love to hate, you still like them. It, it kind of reminded me of like... Um, American Pie, where mm. you like all of the super, like all of the even the assholes are like there's correct. there's some redeeming yes. elements to you, their existence, and you even felt sorry for some characters at the beginning that you go, oh what a, what a jerk, yeah. and then as the movie goes, you're going, oh, I feel I bad it. for him, and and you go, I get it, and I ended up liking him, and then let's say um, uh, uh, Prince um, Carrie Fisher's daughter, yeah, um, Billy Lord, Billy Lord. She was my favorite. Every time she popped up, literally, there was gold coming out of her yeah. mouth. She was amazing. I was, I laughed so hard. I haven't done that in a while, and the comedy was unexpected. Well, yeah. And, you know, kind of going off this, I told Dimitri about this. One of the things that I absolutely adored about this film, and it's kind of funny because Will Farrell is a producer on this yeah. movie. Um, in a lot of Seth Rogen movies, well, Farrell movies, they're always over the top. Yeah. It's all gross-out gags. But essentially with this, it's not. It, it, it has the perfect amount. It knows when to be raunchy, but it doesn't overdo it. Yeah. So there's enough raunch in there to, like, appeal to those audiences, but it's smart. Yeah. It's not this stupid generic shit. And we need to wrap this up, but I, I think really this there is comedy that is performed well, there are set pieces that are performed well, and there is comedy that is that is written, and it just feels like it's the most natural thing in the world, and that is how this plays out. Even the set pieces don't feel like, here's the big set piece! It The flow, the narrative, just the, the cohesion of the project as a whole is just, it's lightning in a bottle. It would make me happy if the screenplay got nominated. Yes. Yeah. Because it, I think d- it's it deserves it. I mean, there are performances in this movie that are definitely, again, uh, absolutely phenomenal. And, and I think Olivia, 
deserves recognition for this come awards season. Whether it's, you know, indie awards, I would love to see some recognition for this at the Oscars. Maybe the LAOFCS. Maybe. Maybe. LAOFCS. Maybe. Gentlemen, before we end the show, maybe BAFTA. Maybe. Why would that be? Why would that be? Uh, Very quickly before the end of the show, um, I got accepted into BAFTA this week. Wow. So I am now a BAFTA member. Clearly they've never seen any of my work. Clearly they've That's never seen. Awesome. But no, it's uh, it's basically br- the the British version of of being becoming a member of the academy because um, it's an academy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so how do you like them apples? Dimitri Panos! Who are you? Where can we find you, please? We need to get out. Popcorn Dark Networks meet the movie press. Uh, Anatomy of a movie will be coming back uh, on the Twitters at DMovies1701. Thanks, folks. Sure, Scott Menzel. Check out LAOFCS. Which he will be hosting this week. What? And it'll what? be on at 11 a.m. So Thank cool. you. It's gone crazy. My name is Simon Thompson. At Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow the show on at Press. Thank you so much. If you like the show, like, subscribe. Please leave comments on iTunes, on YouTube. We really appreciate it. And also, we're on Spotify. So tell the world. Thank you so much. We're only here because you're here. And if you're not here, there's no point. So thank you. Without you, there is no show. Have a great week, everybody. And make sure that you check out Booksmart. This movie deserves every single cent that is thrown its way. It's a tremendous movie, everybody. Book smart. Have a great weekend. Book smart, everybody. Book smart. Book smart. Peace. Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.